This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome back to Brown's Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR, writer for Cleveland.com. Coming at you guys, I know it's been a little bit of a break. Wanted to do something special as we head into the combine here. If you recall, some of you probably don't. Uh, last year, myself, uh, Jeff Lloyd, who who does the Locked on Browns podcast, does a great job over there. And my man who I have with me tonight, the godfather of the Browns Daily Mock Draft, uh, Stephen Thomas, is with me. Stephen, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I've been called many things, the godfather. That That's the first for that. I'm doing good, buddy. Have, thanks for having me on your air again. <laughs> You're welcome, man. I hope that one sticks. That's the plan. I, I like it, the godfather of, of, the, of the mock draft. Um, yeah, so the, the point here, guys, is we did this last year leading into what was probably – actually, I'll remove the word probably. It was a more exciting draft because the Browns had two picks inside the top five, and people wanted to know the different situations and different – uh, plausible outcomes that could happen for the Browns. So we did this pod several times. Jeff normally would be with us. He was invited tonight. Jeff is sick. He has a house with three females in it. We will grant him the ability to step away for the night. Um, but this this podcast does have an asterisk by it. Uh, so, you know, we'll do it. We'll do what we call Mock Draft Simulator 1.0. Uh, we'll do it without Jeff. We'll eventually get Jeff. We will actually... Steve and myself will go over to Jeff's Locked On podcast and do one there. We'll probably do one here before the combine is really kicked up into gear with the 40 and the on-field stuff, and then we'll probably do another one after free agency, and then we'll probably do one more, I'd imagine, Stephen, right before uh, right before the draft, too, so try to give you guys all the possible outcomes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was just uh, having a conversation with somebody today about how close it is. It's, I mean, we've been talking about you know, if you're into the draft, you talk about it all year round and it's been months and months and months of saying, well, it depends because you don't know what's going to happen in free agency. You don't even know who's going to be available. I mean, we're still five days out from the, the tag window closing. I still think there's a bunch of people that are going to get it. So but, but two weeks from today, I think, is uh, the first day of the so-called tampering period um, where these deals get magically signed, even though they've only been legally allowed to talk to each other for five minutes. Wink, wink. Um, so, you know, two weeks from now, we'll know a lot more uh, or at least have an idea, you know, be able to play the odds about where they're going to go at 17 and 49 and what they may or may not do. Because right now, pretty much everything is still on the table and uh, it's going to be interesting. And that's why we, I like doing uh, these with you, doing two or three or four of them, because, you know, it ebbs and flows. And so what we do you know, a month from now after the first two waves of free agency could be greatly different from what we end up doing here tonight. And that's what makes it fun to me. Yeah, me too. I think it was a good experiment last year. Like you said, there's still so much to know the, the, the tag period will be very vital, obviously for free agency and then free agency clears up what they might do in, 
in uh, in the draft, but also the combine happening now clears up who the elite prospects are. For example, Kyler Murray comes in 5'10", 207 today with pretty decent-sized hands. All of a sudden, he's in play for the number one pick. Things will change a lot over the next five days. So this one is fun from a hypothetical standpoint. We'll probably, to be honest, we'll improve the team more with this one than we may with any other one. So that's okay. Um, So for this draft, guys, we will use, and and the ones in the future, we're going to use Fanspeak, which I think runs a really good tool. They've been great to to Steven over uh, the mock draft page. Nothing against the draft network guys who just put out their own version of this system. The only difference here, the big difference, is that we can do free agency, and I think that free agency ties so heavily into the draft. Okay, yeah, we've got here's our so here's our our uh, free agent class, and and you know they could bring in a veteran uh, backup quarterback, but it's not worth spending a lot of time on here tonight. Uh, we so we got Brandon Graham, uh, we got Darius Phylon, we got uh, Henry Anderson, and we got Jordan Hicks. Those are our uh, our that's our free agent class right there. Yeah, that's a good defensive haul. They like you said they they could bring in. Could bring in some some, you know, minor players offensively, a wide receiver, cheaper wide receiver. If they don't bring back Paraman, uh, maybe they look at another tight end in the free, like somebody like uh, um, C.J. Uzoma, some something like that. They could do some minor things. I'm just not sure that they will. So it's really hard for us to entertain that idea. So, um, yeah, I like that haul. That's good. That's good going into the draft. Okay, while I'm uh, setting up, because I got anyone who uses Fanspeak knows there's a series of steps you have to get through before you start drafting. Uh, why don't you go ahead and touch on what absolutely will not die: trading for Oldell Beckham and trading for Antonio Brown. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and say it while I'm doing this here. <laughs> Would you love to add either of those guys? Sure. If if I'm going to trade my first round pick. I would trade it for Odell Beckham. I'm not going to lie. I, if that's the situation, I would touch this year's first round and, um, you know, and consider something like a third. I don't think that you're going to find Odell Beckham anywhere. I don't think there's that wide receiver in this class. But it's, it's how available is he and what's he asking price. I'm not giving up two first-round picks. Absolutely not. And I'm not going to just absolutely break the bank on a single draft. Is he worth – you look at a draft, you know, are you going to get a player like him at 17, somebody who can just break your offense going forward? No, so I get that angle, and I want to add super talented wide receivers in a passing league with a quarterback who can put it wherever he wants to put it. It would make sense. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. It, it, listen, is it in the realm of possibility? Sure. You keep hearing more and more rumors about it. It's it's it, him being available then you hear Gettleman say that he we didn't sign him to trade him. You don't know, but it, it, if it happened, I would be really surprised. I'd probably buy his jersey instantaneously, but it's uh it, it's just not something I can entertain until it would happen, if that makes sense. Dar- Antonio Brown is not happening. There's no way they let him go. I don't care if the Browns offered them a boatload of, of, uh, of, of picks and, and players. I, I just don't see them this, – the situation involving him in, in, a, in a rival inside the division, not just in the division, but a rival. I know the AFC North is really, they're all rivals, it seems like. But I just cannot see them trading him in the AFC North. So I'm not even going to entertain Antonio Brown, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you on both things. And I, and I was thinking about it the other day because, it, like I said, it just absolutely will not die. The only way I could see... Uh, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, me being in on an Odell Beckham trade would be if they were somehow dumb enough to entertain a, a, a structure like the Khalil Mack deal, where it's 
you know, this year's first and next year's first, but they give us back this year's second or something like that. So you're basically giving up a late 20s pick next year and dropping, what is it, 18, 20 slots to their second round pick, something like that. But I can't believe they'd give them away for that. So it just doesn't even seem within the realm of possibility. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it does, again, it doesn't make any sense, I think, from the outside looking in. At this point in our build, for this team with this current roster to give up the the draft capital that it would probably take to get him, I think you can add more value to your team with the picks that you would be giving away as great a player as he is. So some people get confused out there and say, oh, what, you don't want Odell Beckham? No, of course I want Odell Beckham. Who, who wouldn't want Odell Beckham on their team? But the price... I, I just don't think, like I said, unless they're stupid and they're going to give them away for nothing, I, I don't think it makes any sense. So I'm with you on both of those guys. All right. We have gone through. We're going to use Matt Miller's board, which uh, was updated just two days ago. Um, and I'll start the simulation. And then when we get to 17, I will screenshot who's available and we can go from there. There you go. All right. So. For the folks listening, here is the, the top you know, 10 or 12 names that are currently available for us as we sit at 17. You got Josh Jacobs. Can't imagine he's a possibility. Uh, got Jeffrey Simmons and Ed Oliver. You got TJ Hawkinson, A.J. Brown, Brian Burns, Andre Dillard, Christian Wilkinson, Taylor Rapp, Devin Bush, Cody Ford, Trayvon Mullen, Jawan Taylor, Marquise Brown, and Irv Smith. Um, for me, this is easy. I'm sorry. There's some really good football players on here, but this is easy. I want if Ed Oliver's there, I want Ed Oliver. If Ed Oliver gets past ten, I want them to move up and get Ed Oliver. So yeah, it's a home run. Yep. I think yep. that that's what they need. If he gets past Atlanta, I would be rather surprised. That's why I would want them to move. Maybe with it depends how many teams move up for quarterbacks. Somebody moves up with, say, Tampa Bay moves back with Miami and goes to 13. Would Tampa Bay slide back another couple picks to keep adding players? That's where I would be looking. Ed Oliver's a home run pick. Don't even need to think about it. Run to the podium. Good to go. Yeah, I mean, and and I we should at least touch on. I wouldn't mind adding Brian Burns. You know, if Ed Oliver wasn't there, Brian Burns is a really good football player. Christian mm -hmm. Wilkins would be a really good addition at this point. The two tackles they talked to today, and Andre Dillard or Jawan Taylor, if they wanted to add those guys, I can see it in a certain situation. I mean, even T.J. Hawkinson. You know, uh, I know our, our good friend Pete Smith has been banging that drum. I I have nothing against T.J. Hawkinson. I just think another tight end is an extreme luxury pick here especially with some of the other guys that are available but in this particular situation I'm just going to go ahead and take Ed Oliver because I don't I really don't think it's a question yeah and if they get here and Ed Oliver's gone and they couldn't move up a cornerback really interests me at this spot somebody like DeAndre Baker from Georgia who's a really fun football player big physical guy and then you know Byron Murphy if he's there as well is another one that I would entertain but if Ed Oliver is there I would like them to get Ed Oliver without question where do you stand on Greedy? Because I know there's a lot of questions about his uh, – there's some inconsistencies in his tape and his uh, uh, run support. Um, if he is there at 17 and he's the top corner and they're looking corner, would you be okay with Greedy at 17 in a vacuum? 
yeah, I'd be fine with Greedy there if he's there. I expect him to be gone, but I would I would be fine with right. him. I want one of those three top corners if they're there and uh, the option. It stinks because Jeffrey Simmons, as we're looking at this list, is not going to be the seventh-rated prospect because of the ACL. It would it would have been a hand-in-glove right. fit. He was the guy if Ed Oliver was gone and you think that you would get Simmons there. I am not going to entertain him in the first round despite the injury. I know there have been some people trying to talk about that. I just The Browns can't afford it. And uh, you hope may, maybe he's a round two consideration. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, this situation at Oliver is the guy to take, so that's a good decision for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now we are going down to 49 here, so let me screenshot. I'm actually going to do a double screenshot and send you who is available here. Okay. Uh, because this is a spot where they might, and I hate this word, but they might be in a position to uh, or be in a spot where a reach might make a little sense because one of the things about the simulators, uh, they do a great job and it's impossible to to make something perfect, but you rank the players in order and that just can't take into account each team's individual needs and board and fit. So just because you're picking at 49, the next player that fits your roster might be ranked at 65. Now, from a pure numbers standpoint, that can be considered a reach, but if he's the top guy at some place that you need and he, he you think he has value there, then that's not a reach to me. So that's why I gave you uh, a, a, a deeper list here this time. Okay. Yeah. Who at do you 49 think? in this particular situation, let me look where we are. Who do we have? Um, so we've done, we've gotten our interior defensive line is done. Um, Edge would be a place to go. Uh, Yadni Kajust would interest me here uh, at left tackle. Uh, this would be the earliest I could possibly see wide receiver, but I still even think it's a little early here. At this point, I would say of the guys that are currently available here um, and not too far of a reach, I would say. And and I should note here that uh, Jay Sternberger, who I think is going to be right around this range, is way low on Matt's board for some reason. Uh, but he would be of serious consideration for me here at 49. But looking at what we have here, my guys would be Yadni Kajust. Uh, maybe Julian Love if you wanted to go corner, or DeAndre Walker from Georgia if you wanted to go with an edge. I'm going to throw a wrench at you here. and My my mind goes to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I've had a lot of back and forth with with, with Brendan about him. He is a fascinating football player. A lot of his, his testing will be vital. He's extremely great, one of the best in, in Pro Football Focus's data collection of high-point contested catches, has a little bit more speed than what his 40 will indicate, pretty smooth route runner, produced a ton of plays down the field for them, has drawn some very interesting Mike Evans comparisons. Uh, I just think he's a really fun football player who played in a really limited offense for throwing the football didn't play with a great quarterback, but a lot of his catches were downfield plays. It was a finisher with yards after catch. He's a guy who I think will continue to climb boards, and I would be totally on board with them taking in this situation if they have closed the chapter on uh, Odell Beckham and all of that stuff and don't want to sign anybody in free agency. Arcega Whiteside makes a ton of sense to me there. I am with you on Yadnick Adjust. If that is a guy you like and you don't like a ton of people after him, 
He is a good tackle prospect who could really benefit from coming into the league and adjusting slowly. I am fine either way, but I am probably going to pound the table for Arcega Whiteside on my end. What do you think? Um, I, I agree with you, and I remember we had a conversation a few weeks ago that I thought uh, uh, J.J. was going to go higher than, than some people are talking about now. The only reason I would... Um, I don't want to say be against it because that's not what I mean. The other reason I would hesitate and I would probably go with Kajust here is because I know the depth of this class and I know some of the wide receiver names that are going to be available in the third round. And I think the value from the third round to the fifth round in this particular wide receiver class is tremendous. You're talking about guys in that third round range like uh, Antoine Wesley and uh, Jazz Ferguson, uh, maybe David Sills, Preston Williams, who I know we all don't like the off-field, but our general manager has shown he doesn't care, so he has to be in a consideration. So just knowing what's – even Keyshawn Johnson, uh, you want to go further down, I'm sure we'll talk about him later. Jalen Hurd, some guys. I, I'm not saying they're better or worse. What I'm saying is you, you can get the same type of player, the same kind of production, the same kind of physical skill set – for a smaller price, and I don't like the tackles that are further down as much as I like Kajust here at this spot. Um, but if we if they go with J Jaw here, I I would I mean I'm not going to be upset. I'm certainly not going to be be mad about it. But that's where I would be on that. Let's yeah, let's go Kajust. I'm with you. I, I'm interested to see receivers that come open later. Okay. All right, so we took Kajust, and we are simulating. Yeah, I just, I, I've been hearing for months and months and months, and people are finally starting to get wise uh, that this was such a weak uh, and thin uh, uh, wide receiver class. There's nobody a wide receiver. Well, I think the 2014 class has still spoiled people because this is actually an incredibly deep class. There, as You go deep into day three, and there are guys whose athletic profiles and their testing, I'm sure, this week is going to show it are really, really good football players. Big, huge. I mean, if I'm going to talk about Jazz Ferguson for a minute because I have a huge man crush on him. He is 6'5", 220. Uh, his agent just tweeted the other day that he ran a laser timed 438. Now, of course, that's an agent. So, you know, but if he's under 445, which seems legitimate, let's say he runs a 444 at 6'5", 220 with his production, I, I I can't see him getting out of day two. And if you watch him run, I'm sure you've been watching him. Mm-hmm. I said this to uh, uh, to Mac Robinson the other day. He, for those out there old enough to remember Josh Gordon before all the trouble, his 2013 season, the guy took up two yards, two and a half yards per step. He looked like he was gliding, but nobody could catch him. Jazz Ferguson has those same kinds of steps. He There's a clip of him out there. He catches a bubble screen a yard behind the sticks and in five steps, he's beyond the first down marker. He had, And that's his first five steps. That's out of the blocks. This kid, if he has a week this week like he could, he could be in consideration at 49. That's how much I think – that's how good I think that kid is. Yeah, he's a but fun let player. Let me go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. God, I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. I, I, here. He, yeah, he's a fun player who I think they could have. Certainly him. Preston Williams rings a bell too if they're – disregarding all character concerns involved the kid out of Colorado State is also compelling too. wide receiver is 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 deep with guys that you can have traits that you like about them that's for sure 
Okay, so I just sent you. We are now simulated. We are at pick 80. Uh, I just sent Jake the uh, the screenshot of who is available. While he is looking over that, I'll give you some of the names. Uh, you've got Trey Lamar and Voshan Joseph at linebacker that are here. Anthony Johnson at Buff, uh, from Buffalo, a wide receiver. Uh, Lonnie Johnson and Amani from Penn State. I apologize, Amani. I, my lips will not say your name properly, and I think it's more respectful to just say Amani from Penn State than to butcher your name. Um <laughs> There's some tackles in Bobby Evans and Max Sharping I don't think would be on our board. Uh, some other interior defensive line guys, maybe David Long out of Michigan uh, and David Long out of West Virginia are there, and then some wide receivers that are available. Uh, maybe linebacker Terrell Hanks at some point here soon. Uh, but uh, I sent you the list. I'm going to let you take it. What do you think? Zach Allen is interesting. Kid out of Boston College. A very productive player. Um, I certainly, I certainly like Preston Williams. I mean, I, you know, the football player is a good football player. Terrell Hanks is another good one that makes some sense here. I do think they look. He's not listed here. He's, he's low on, um, and, and, you know, like with Zach Allen, I was just going to say, I think they're pretty much done with defensive line. But I think a guy that will be in this general range is Colin Saunders out of Western Illinois. So yeah. if they hadn't gotten Ed Oliver in the first round, Saunders would be a good pick here. But, yeah, I, I think this is the perfect spot. I think the value in the third round for wide receiver and or tight end is the way to go here. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. You think in Preston Williams? All right. So I do think they target wide receiver here early in the third round. I think – Preston Williams can make a lot of sense for them. Andy Isabella can make a lot of sense for them, too. I would probably go with Isabella here. He's going to blow up the testing. I think you can mold him into a really good receiver and have him step into that slot role over time for for uh, Jarvis Landry in the coming year if they move on from him. So uh, I think it'll make a lot of sense here to go Isabella. What do you think? I, I like Isabella a lot. I did. I was a little concerned, and this has become a cliche in draft Twitter, but I was a little concerned with the hand size measurements today. Uh, they were really small, like eight and a third or something like that, um, which might explain some of the body catching that people were talking about in Mobile. Uh, but I like the player a lot. I think his fit with Baker would be fantastic. Uh, I agree with you on Preston Williams. Uh, I personally wouldn't bring him in, but, you know, John Dorsey – like you said, has shown he doesn't care. So it's something we have to we have to think about. Um, Antoine Wesley would also make sense for me here. And uh, uh, my previous crush on Jazz Ferguson has been well stated. But if you would, if you think Aunt Isabella is the play, then uh, we can go with Isabella because we got another pick in about what fifteen. Yeah, I like Antoine Wesley. I didn't see his name originally. I'm glad you brought him up. Kid out of Texas Tech. I think he's a good football player. A little bit awkward in and out of some of his cuts on occasion but he does do a nice job of creating separation which is important imperative NFL offenses you have to be able to create separation through a wide variety of ways so I would actually pick uh, I would actually be more comfortable as long as Wesley tests okay Antoine Wesley right here makes a little bit more sense for me 
Yeah, I think so. And, you know, looking, I know we're not going to do uh, more than the, just this round, but if you could go with, it's really nice that there's options. There's so many. If you get a Preston Williams or an Antoine Wesley or a Jazz Ferguson, if he moves up into this slot, and then later on in the fifth round, you grab a Jalen Hurd or, um, you know, uh, a Terry McLaurin or an Alex Wesley or somebody like that and throw in a tight end in this deep tight end class at some point, you have added a serious arsenal of weapons that Baker Mayfield is smart enough and talented enough to take full advantage of. But, yeah, I'd have no problem with uh, with any of those guys, but we can go Antoine Wesley. I love the guy. Okay, let's make that the pick. All right, and now it's, we're simulating because we've got one more right at the bottom, the third rounder that we got from uh, from New England. So when we get there, I will. It's pick ninety-five. I'll send it to you. Uh, yeah, many of the same guys. And with what we've done here, as I'm screenshotting and sending it to you, the options at this point become numerous. I mean, we filled a lot of holes here, so there's no real needs at this point. Um, you could go any number of ways at this point, and there's a lot of good football players left so i'm gonna send you a couple screenshots here just with options yeah like i said uh there's um there's some interior defensive line guys that i think are really good but we've taken care of that in this situation there's maybe a linebacker you could go with uh you know david long is still on the board terrell hanks is still on the board uh that would be easy one of the tight ends you could go with uh um um, you know, Josh Oliver or uh, Keenan Brown might be a little high for Keenan Brown. Uh, Dax Raymond is available. The kid from Georgia is available. There's there's a many number of ways here. So I'm going to once again, so with you being the the uh, far better uh, football mind, I'll let you take the lead here. Yeah, I mean, I, first off, I don't know about that, but. Uh, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. I'm interested in a tight end here. Somebody you can develop, somebody who blocks well. I like the kid out of Georgia, the Nada kid, Isaac Nada. I think he's he is a really fun player, one of the better blockers. I know that John Dorsey went to see Josh Oliver, the San Jose State kid, live too. Yep. And Sternberger's obviously there as well. Depends on what they want from that player next to David Njoku. Um, you know, I'm tempted to go with somebody who's a tight end too long term who can block. And, and still is decent enough to, to catch the football down the field. I really like the kid out of Georgia, the, the Nautica. kid. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I tend to view uh, tight end as, uh, as receiver first, and then you know, if they can block decent, I'm happy. So I would probably go with – you turned me on to Josh Oliver way back when when you told me that Dorsey had seen him a couple of times, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's just – vicious as a receiver he is i mean god and his measurements that came in today he's got hands the size of a buick it's unbelievable so i would love him but i have no problem with nada and i gotta look more at he's the, the highest one on the board here is the the warring kid out of san diego state i didn't hear much about him until just a couple weeks ago i honestly haven't watched too much so i don't have much of a formed opinion have you watched any of him I have not watched enough to have an opinion on him either, but I would, I would, I would be fine with Josh Oliver here. He makes sense from a dual um, standpoint and can get out and catch the ball a little bit too. The only other way I would go, I'll throw this at you one more time. I, I am, I really like David Long uh, out of West Virginia. The way the uh, uh, the game is trending, the uh, the smaller, faster linebackers are becoming more in vogue. Um, now we did sign. Um, 
uh, uh, Jordan Hicks in this simulation. So that might take the board, but that would be something else that I would be interested in right around this value. I think he's got good value here at this point. But forced to pick, I think I would go with you. I'll go. I'll go with Nada out of Georgia. Yeah, that, I, I have no problem with that pick whatsoever. Yeah, let's run that one. All right. Well, uh, we said we were doing three uh, three rounds. We did three rounds. So once it's done here, I'll pull up the the full haul. Yeah, and bear in mind too, guys, that the Browns obviously have a uh, a plethora of picks to to make in rounds four through seven. So this is not the full haul, but just a look at what the start could look like. Here's here's what we ended up with in free agent Graham at edge, uh, Henry Anderson and Darius Phylon on the interior defensive line, and uh, Jordan Hicks at linebacker, and then in the draft we uh, we got a, we got lucky and Ed Oliver was there so we scooped him up at 17 in the first round. We got a, a one of my favorite long term left tackle projects uh, in the second round with Yanni Kajust out of West Virginia. And then we uh, bolstered uh, Baker's weapons in the third round with uh, Antoine Wesley out of Texas Tech and uh, the Tyson Isaac Nada out of uh, Georgia. I think I I would be tickled with with this haul if this is the way it it, it all went down. I'm with you. I think that would be a great one as well. Um, I think that there are obviously going to be so many things we have to figure out along the way to to see exactly where they're looking. But this is a fun idea of what can happen, guys. A great uh, idea of of the Browns. It's a different draft. They don't have the the plethora of early picks, but they'll have a bunch late. And I would be stunned if they bring in eleven rookies. I expect them to be moving up here and there. And if not moving up necessarily, if they do move back, it would be to gather some picks for next year too. So a fun overall haul. We will make sure to post everything on Browns Film Breakdown, the list that we pulled away. Uh, to go along with this podcast. Steven, thanks for taking some time and joining me, buddy. I always have fun with these. Always love sharing your air, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, next time when we get our buddy Jeff back, we'll have even more fun. Yeah, heck yeah, man. And we'll have a clearer picture than two guys. So thanks for jumping in, joining with uh, you know, joining along with us here. And uh, we'll get to uh, many more of these as we go. Hopefully you guys had some fun. If you can, I always encourage us to subscribe if, uh, to the YouTube channel, subscribe here to the podcast, give us a like, give us five stars, give us a comment, any of that fun stuff. We always uh, you know, enjoy hearing your opinions on everything. So we will be back next week uh, to look at some of the combine uh, numbers, look at how things shook out in Indy, have an idea of what the Browns might do going into free agency, which is just now, luckily, a couple weeks away. So until then, guys, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.